Hi, everybody, and welcome to the ninth episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me in today's episode. So excited for the information that I have prepared for today's uh, subject. Uh, quick little update before we get started. Just wanted to kind of make the official announcement of some changes that I've done both with my website, social media, and even the podcast. A lot of updates I've been doing the last few weeks to really just rebrand myself, recharge myself, and really recenter what I'm doing and what I want to do with my business moving forward. So with that said, Biggest change that I have done recently is with my website, just kind of giving it a nice, fresh look, simplify things, really gear things about who I am as a person, what I do as a business, and really what my what my mission statement is, what, what my goal is for you as a person, as a client of mine, or even a potential client. The other thing I did was really change my social media, a lot of it doing with kind of changing the name that I was going by. So originally, Fine Delicate Media, as everybody was aware of, but I realized that made it a little bit too broad, whereas Fine Delicate Media was really purposed around photography. So instead of going by Fine Delicate Media, I chose to switch the gears and rebrand as Fine Delicate Photo or Photography. Photo for short. Just to keep things simple, it's still very much the same, but makes it much more obvious that I am a photographer. When you hear the word media, I, I think there's too much of possibilities of what that could stand for. And it's a bit more than what I do. Currently, I work with photography. <laughs> so I just wanted to make it as clear and concise as possible. So with that, obviously, that meant changing my social media, my my website domain name, uh, the title you see on it, the social media attached to it with my Instagram and my Facebook, just a lot of changes to really ensure that everything coincides, is consistent across the board, and makes sense no matter what platform you find me on. Now, with the podcast, I'm doing things a little different. I decided I didn't want my podcast to have anything to do with my fine, delicate photography business. I wanted it to be separate. I wanted it to be more personal. And a lot of it was honestly due to a little bit of what I mentioned in the previous episode back from July, where I talked about creative blocks, how they happen, how to try to you know work through them, and what to do to really get yourself out of that rut, so to speak. And a lot of it really hit home for me when I was doing the research into it, when I really started realizing I was in a creative rut or I was dealing with creative blocks. And so one of the things I found was just kind of recentering yourself. What are your biggest goals? What are you doing to accomplish them? And really the bottom line is, are you trying to do too much too fast? And I realized I was really 
putting too much pressure on myself, both with photography and the podcast. So to re-gear myself in the right direction, I wanted to really make sure that my main focus was my photography because my end goal would be I'd love to quit my full-time job and make photography my full-time uh, work, my full-time job. That's what I, that's my end goal. That's what I'd love to do is, is create photography content. With that, the podcast gives me a way to kind of create, you know, podcast content, a little bit of written content, maybe create a blog for it at some point. We'll see. Um, but I don't want to give myself too much. I, I have a tendency of getting overwhelmed because when I feel motivated, then I just I want to do as much as I can in that frame of, of time so that I don't lose it too fast. But then that means that sometimes I overwhelm myself and I give myself too much to do. So to make sure I don't do that to myself, what I decided to do was kind of re-gear myself and go, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to separate the two. So officially, the name of the podcast is Your Caffeinated Photographer. So it's still about me because I, I love photography and I also love coffee. And my friend Ashley, when I was working with her a few weeks back, getting some photos done for my rebranding and so forth, I she she mentioned that. We were just on the subject of how much I love coffee, how much it's like you'll always see me with a cup of coffee in my hand in some way, shape or form. I'm always drinking caffeine. I probably bleed it, to be honest. And uh, she made the comment of like, you're basically a caffeinated photographer. So appropriate. I literally was like, oh my goodness, Ashley, you're right. I'm so stealing that. That's my thing now. I'm totally going to go as the caffeinated photographer. A little side story to that. I... I've been doing some classes with my friend Tori, who's this amazing coach all about social media and really how to use it and harness it to better your business and grow your business. But I love how she's all about balance. And that's really what attracted me to her Instagram accelerator program that she offered uh, about a month and a half ago. I loved it. And I really took away so much information that I knew I could use, I could utilize and really throw into my business to better it, but also myself. And one of the things that she talked about was using personal hashtags to really brand yourself, a hashtag that someone can use and they know everything that pulls up is going to be your content. And so I really wanted to start using that for my page. So I did. And the funny story was originally I was going to do the caffeinated photographer, but someone had used that hashtag once with one of their posts. And so I didn't want to start using that since one of their pieces was going to show up. So instead I used your caffeinated photographer. To me, it sounds a little more personalized for potential clients and potential audience. So I thought, what a better way than to use your your caffeinated photographer. Nobody was using it. So it was perfect. So now anytime someone clicks on that hashtag, types it in on Instagram, all my stuff pops up and nobody else's. Now, if somebody else's does, well, that's on them. But Pretty much all the posts that are there that exist are all mine. So that makes me feel good. I, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm really personalizing, I'm learning, and I'm growing. And there's always room for growth. Everybody knows that. So just a little side bit before 
I got started into today's subject. Now, on the lines of photography, even though I mentioned, you know, I wanted to make the podcast more personal, more about me, this is still the case. What I wanted to talk about today, though, is the top four questions that photographers always seem to get asked. And it's not to like call out anybody, whether it's potential clients or photographers, just kind of things that I've noticed. And what I'm hoping this will accomplish is to kind of help both sides of the coin, help photographers kind of go, yeah, that's right. Or yeah, that's exactly what I've been struggling with. Or yeah, that's my thought process. But and also what I'm hoping this will do is, is also help people that are searching for a photographer, trying to figure out what to ask, how do I ask it, maybe this will help you as well. So for those listening, I'm hoping this will help everybody or just anybody that's listening, even if it's two of you, <laughs> as long as I can help one person, I will feel I will feel good. That's, that's my whole underlying motivation and motto for this podcast is to find content that's not just personal to me, but also find a way that I can help somebody that might be going through a similar situation. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started with the questions. There's four in total. The first one I found to be the most asked question, and it was, why do you why do some charge more than other photographers? So basically asking why is there such a difference between one photographer's charge versus another? And it's a great question. It really is. And I think it's a question that can be answered. The only problem I find with it is that there technically is no like one official answer to that question. And it's because there's a lot of circumstances surrounding that charge or, or that fee that the photographer has chosen to charge. And it is because it's circumstance-based, it's based really particularly on the photographer. A couple of reasons could be one is more seasoned and one is more experienced than the other. So the more experienced one, you know, knows that they can charge more because they've got more experience under their belt. They've learned more, they've grown more, they have more time that they've been able to focus on it. Um, so they can ask for more money. And with that underlying answer, it can also mean that that also might be their one and only job. So whatever they make, that is their income. That is how they support themselves and their families if they have one. So this is how they get their income and pay their bills. Whereas another photographer who might be part-time just starting out, they might be asking for less because less experience, less of a portfolio to show you, they're just trying to get started, get their foot in the door, or they have another job so they can only book so many so often or so much, and they have another job so they've already got income coming in so they don't have to ask for a lot of money right away. There's a lot of different circumstances involved into why charges are going to be different. The second charge, still kind of talking about fees, is why do some charge booking fees and others don't? Another great question. And again, that's really based on circumstance of the photographer, sometimes location, the season and so forth. Um, there's definitely busier seasons and there's definitely slower seasons. And 
with all of that said, sometimes that's going to be mean that the charges go up or there's charging fees for, for booking and so forth. Um, but a lot of times the booking fee, honestly, the bottom line is, is that it's a case by case, but a lot of times this started because people would either not show up or be late or reschedule at the last minute or cancel at the last minute. And that is that is a loss of, of revenue. That is a loss of business to that photographer. And that can mean everything. It doesn't matter if they're a newbie, a seasoned photographer, it doesn't matter. Because the bottom line is their time is money. So the more they're booking, the more money they're getting. But if people are not following through and they're not sticking to that book time and they're rescheduling, that's a time that somebody else could have taken that actually showed up, did the job, they got paid for, and they can deliver the gallery. So that booking fee is basically an assurance. It's an assurance that you are paying for your time slot you're, you're paying for that guarantee that you get that time slot. No one else is going to book that time slot with that photographer. They're going to keep that open just for you. Nobody else is going to get it. Um, but then it's also an assurance that if in the case you have to rebook, um, you know, schedule for a different date or a different time, they're still getting a small sum. Usually it's a small fee, but it's still a fee that's going to cover them just in case there's the inconvenience of having to reschedule or have that person not show up. It's a tough situation, doesn't mean that photographers like doing it, but it is a necessary thing that they have to do. Third question, why do you charge a travel fee for certain areas? Now, I've been asked this a few times, not too much. Some people don't really even notice, to be honest. Um, I think some kind of expect it, others may not. It just depends on if they've worked with a photographer or not before, just, you know, experience versus lack of experience and so forth but it's a great question and and really again it boils down to circumstance because it, it really depends on the photographer their personal life experience or, or their circumstance where they're located where you're located if you've requested a specific location that um maybe maybe it's in a national park and if it's going to be a specific size, maybe a certain amount of people, um, you know, if especially if it's a wedding or an elopement, usually national parks require photographers to get a, a one-time pass, a license, if you will. And they have to pay for that. And that can get quite pricey depending on how many people are going to show up and how much your session is going to interfere with other people that are in that park. The experience that they're looking for, are you going to interrupt that in some way, shape, or form? So there's a lot involved with travel depending on where you go. Now, if it's just a local park, there's no fees involved. People will work around you. Photographer will move out of the way if they have to. If people are trying to get past. That part doesn't matter. But it really just depends on where you go. For me, sometimes I will actually 
add on an extra travel fee for certain areas of the Bay Area, because in particular where I live, there's several toll bridges or booths that I have to go through. And they're all electronic right now, which means they're a higher fee. I have to pay it. It can be upwards of 20 bucks or more just to pay for those toll booths, not to mention the gas, the the oil that I go through. There's just, there's a lot that is involved. So the fees help to offset any additional charges that we have to pay upfront for you to have that session. So that's just a little, a little explanation on the personal side of why, but there could be many other factors involved. So definitely ask the photographer. Some will kind of explain, oh, it just depends, you know, if we're going over 30 miles outside of the normal area that I will work in, that's when I start charging. Others don't really care. It really is just circumstance, but feel free to ask your photographer, you know, what does the travel fee cover exactly? And then they'll definitely provide you a list of, here's kind of how it all works and what I do and how I, you know, use that fee to cover certain, you know, fees for me and so forth, that they are more than happy to explain things if needed. Now, the fourth and final question, this is just something I've seen some heartache that photographers will go through. They feel bad. They don't want to necessarily tell their client, hey, you're, you're overwhelming me. So I wanted to use this as a way to kind of kind of explain how photographers feel during the process. Um, and, and the last question was, why does it take more than a couple days to deliver photos? Now, I made this number four because it doesn't necessarily have to do with fees, but it is a question I see quite often, whether it's been geared towards me or another fellow photographer that I'm friends with. And it's a, it, it is a great question. It's a-okay as a client to ask your photographer, how long can I expect you to um, take on getting me these photos? The problem is when you start bugging us and asking us, hey, how are things going? And it's only been a few days. There's a lot going on in our lives, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, some are full time, which means that that's their only job, which means they're booking a lot of sessions so that they can keep up with their bills. Others are part time, which means they're just getting started. So they're just trying to learn the best way to move forward. And they also might have a job. Photographers have families, some have kids, some are married, or they have sick parents they're taking care of. There's so many situations in people's personal lives that they're not going to just go and, you know, speak about it. They're not going to just go share that personally. Some are A-OK -okay with it. Others are more, or more private and don't necessarily want to air everything going on in their life. So there's a lot going on. So it's OK to ask, but once they tell you, a time frame to expect it, please just be patient and respect that. You know, it gets very overwhelming when we have clients constantly checking in, asking about the photos, how's this going, how's that going, uh, when can I get this, when can I get that? And I think the kind of the secondary question that can get a bit overwhelming or frustrating is once a gallery is delivered, then the question is, oh, how come you didn't include these photos or what happened to these photos? Or I was really hoping I could get more and blah, blah, blah. And, and again, it's, it's all fine and dandy to ask questions. I'm not 
attacking people in the essence of saying, don't ask questions, because that's definitely not the case here. Please feel free to ask questions. However, just be tactful and mindful of people's lives. You know, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know all the other galleries they're working on and sessions they're working on, clients they've worked with, other expectations or time deadlines they're working with. So just be mindful of that and respectful of that and let them work with what they have. And trust me when I say you hired them for a reason. You saw that they had an ability to provide you photos that you were looking for, a beautifully curated gallery that you get to share on your social media with your friends and family. You're excited, we're excited, we're gonna provide that. However, we're also not gonna provide just every single photo we took because not every single photo we took is necessary to provide. Some of it is the exact same pose we just got 10 to 20 of them because we're just going to keep shooting until we're done until we max it out max out that card um so we're not going to just send you the same pose 20 different times it just doesn't make sense two some of them maybe come out blurry because you moved randomly or blinked at the last second and you look sleepy or your eyes are closed and it just is an unbecoming photo so we're not going to send those now sometimes an out of focus or blurry photo looks beautiful it actually works it looks artsy and we love it so we're going to include it but we're not going to include every single photo that comes out blurry or out of focus so there's a lot involved in the reason why we send the photos that we send. Now we're going to hear you. We're going to hear you. We're going to know that there's certain poses that are really important to you. And we're going to make sure to include those as much as possible. But the reason we're sending that curated gallery is because we have spent hours going through every single photo picking and choosing which ones we know are best representative of you and our work because once you share that photo with the public and we share that that is a representation of us and our business so naturally it makes sense that we want to put our best foot forward when we're sh sharing a gallery or photos so when you're sharing that we want that best foot forward to be represented or represented as well because honestly as photographers, a lot of our business comes from referral. Somebody shares a photo, somebody else sees it, they reach out to the photographer because they loved that photo and they wanna book that photographer as well. So there is so much that comes in. You're basically kind of helping us extra market ourselves when you share our photos that we took of you and tagged us. So we want our best foot forward out there. We're not, we don't just want all of the photos out there looking exactly the same, same edit, same pose, blurry, out of focus, eyes are closed, eyes look sleepy or droopy. We just, we don't want that for you and we don't want that for ourselves. So that means that is a lot of time and effort used to go through and make sure that we're providing the best of the best out of all those photos that we took. And oftentimes I can guarantee you we have hundreds to go through in a session. If it's a wedding, 
we've got thousands of photos to go through. So it is a lot. Sometimes it can take days just to go through the photos and figure out which ones we wanna use in the gallery that we're gonna share. Then from there, it's adding in the edits. Now, most of the time we'll use presets, whether it's ones we purchased or ones that we made ourselves or at least just tweaked a little bit more to our own style. But that doesn't mean that we can just slap on that preset and it looks great on every single photo. If there's different lighting or you changed clothing or you're in a different spot, that's gonna change the way that that edit looks on certain photos, which means now we have to spend some time tweaking it so that they can look as consistent as possible, but still also look good. So there is just, so much involved in the reason why it takes time to get those photos delivered. So absolutely, again, I'm gonna say it again and again, please feel free to ask your photographer these questions. Just understand, you might not get the answer you want, but you're gonna get an, an honest answer and it's really to everybody's benefit. And at the end of the day, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when you get that gallery delivered, you're going to forget how long it took. You're not going to care that you maybe had to spend a little on a booking fee or a travel fee. You are just going to be so ecstatic and in love with the final product that you cannot wait to share that. All those questions are out the door, out the window. You're not even going to reflect on them anymore because it won't matter. So just keep that in mind as you're asking these questions and you're talking to your photographer, you're learning about how they do things, why they do things. There's a process, there's a reason behind it, and each photographer has learned how to do th things a certain way that most is beneficial, not only for them in their business, but also for their clients. So it, at the end of the day, it's really what's gonna be best for everybody. So just be respectful of that, show kindness, show patience. It really just means the world for your photographer. And the more you share your thoughts and your feedback on the gallery when you receive it, I can't tell you how much that means to a photographer. I've seen time and time again where people get so disappointed when they deliver a gallery, they're so excited to hear from their client and all they get is a thanks, got it, and that's it. Oh, it's so heartbreaking because then we're racking our brain thinking, was it bad? Did I, did I do a bad job? Did I share a bad photo? Are they like, okay, was it not what they expected? Were they looking for something more? Oh my gosh, they hate it. Then they're gonna think that you're sharing, you know, all these bad thoughts about them and they're not gonna book again. They, they, you hate them. And that may not be the case. You may be just so excited, so excited sharing it with everybody but you forgot to tell them. So if you can be mindful of that, please try to reach out to the photographer, give them your feedback, tell them what you thought. That literally means the world. And don't forget, when you share the photos at all times, tag them, tag their photography page, whether it's a Facebook page, Instagram page, or their website, tag them. That is so important because let's be honest somebody down the line is going to ask you who took that photo anyway so not only you're going to save your time by adding that tag but they're going to come around and they're going to ask you anyway so please please 
tag them. That's going to help get their name and their business out there and let people know that they're open for business. They're ready to work with more people. So help your photographer out. It's free for you to do it. It's very easy, very fast. So please do that. Now that covers the top four questions I see photographers get asked. That was a lot of information to go over. I just, I felt like it was so necessary to cover this information because of how many times I've seen people either mention, oh, another person asked me about this. Oh, another person asked me about it. Or people talking about, I really noticed there's so much differences. I wonder why, 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 why? So I hope that in some way, whether it's a photographer listening or a potential client looking at a photographer, I hope this kind of helped both sides get a better idea of what's going on in people's minds and how to approach the situation when these why questions come up. It's not to be offensive. Nobody's looking to offend anybody, but it is a natural question, I think, to ask are these whys. So just keep it in mind. I hope everybody loved this information. I'd love to get your feedback on this topic. Um, was there any questions I missed that you found are a lot of whys or hows or so forth that you feel as a photographer you get a lot? I'd be happy to expand on that and maybe make that next episode topic. If also you have recommendations on other topics you'd love to hear, I'd love to get your feedback. I'll be posting um, some information on my personal Instagram page, hashtag, or it's, it's going to be at WanderingSav, and that's Sav, S-A-V. So I won't be posting anything on my Fine Delicate Photo um, page anymore on Instagram. I might share it in the stories, but I'm just going to be keeping the podcast airs and episodes and information specifically on my um, Wandering Sav page, personal page from now on. I just wanted to say a quick extra thank you to everyone that's been so supportive in helping me through this whole process, growing with me as I grow and offering recommendations and so forth. It's been such a help to know that I have support and also just kind of hearing what the audience thinks, you know, what they recommend, what they'd love to hear and so forth. So just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who's offered some recommendations. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much, folks.